So, Rich, uh, not too long ago, we had an episode about Mr. Beast. Yes. Top of the YouTube food chain, Mr. Beast. That's right. That's right. Mr. Beast likes to do big charity things on YouTube. He has lots of fans. and Lots of fans. Kids love him. Kids love he's him. A, he's, a, he's a big old deal, Mr. Beast. And uh, you came in today and you said, I just can't stand that guy. I just didn't like the stuff. I, I thought it was I thought it was optimized. It was just just sugar and fat, like it was just optimized to just be digested instantly and hit like the right receptors. And it's um, I, I who am I to decide what people should or shouldn't watch? Well, you're you're no one to decide that, right? Like that's the one. I'm no one to decide that. I do get to decide what my kid watches until he's slightly larger than me physically, yeah. and then he won't. He'll do whatever oh, this he wants. Is, I don't. People don't talk about this. Like the the amount of lockdown related to YouTube that has to happen in a house. It's it's kids will prefer watching YouTube to playing video games. Like they will prefer watching YouTube to almost anything. Yeah, and and it, well, let's to be clear, we're not talking about explicit content. We're not talking about curse words. It's normal stuff. No, it's I, I'm going to watch someone play Luigi's Haunted Castle for four hours. It's just turning. I could just see my kid's brain getting turned into a fine paste. There's a long a, a few podcasts back. I was pointing out how dumb everything was, how impatient everyone was, was mm. and I want to call you out for something you said to me. Sometimes you said to me, and I'm paraphrasing, mm. sometimes you just want to lay there and eat a scoop of ice cream. That's what you said to me. I mean, it's, that was the story of my life up until Manjaro. On occasion, I do it. Yeah, I veg out. I like I'll watch the dumbest thing, or I'll just not want to think too hard. But I don't think it's good to lay down and eat ice cream for six hours straight. Here's what's tricky. This is a tricky part about working in the media. Is that your initial fantasies of what human beings are like are demolished when <laughs> you do anything real at any particular scale. The emails you get are from people who hold abhorrent belief systems who aren't able to perceive beyond the headline of the article you wrote. The people who, most of the people who watch Succession can't pour milk out of a jug, and yet they'll tell you that that's the smartest show on TV. Okay? It's just huh. like, you are really uh, up- Fairness to Succession, it might be the smartest show on TV. It doesn't matter. People like warm, moving shapes in aggregate. And it's this is what the internet has taught us over and over is that there you know there's always this idea that like oh man if we could just tap into human potential and just let everybody have a voice what a society we would have it's not working out that well, way well we te- we did it we did it and it actually turned out that humans are not here for like a long time we're here for a good time like it is not <laughs> You are not going to see. I'm just looking for a good time. That's what humans are, man. It's just, you got chimpanzees with guns. And and so, yeah. like, there is that. And so then there's a party. You, you have to decide. This is a hard choice. I, I've made this choice. Other people make it in different ways. Do you, and this is, this I think is a complicated needle to thread, okay? Because Mr. Beast is human SEO. He said, I see what the robots do. I will I will feed the fire and let's see what people say. 
anything that makes my audience in aggregate happy, I'll do more and more of. By happy, you mean bigger. Bigger, more money, brighter graphics. You know, it, it's yeah. what you see is as time goes on and more and more SEO content, everything, everything approaches essentially what would please a baby, right? So like a baby likes bright colors, loud noises, you know, yeah. ice cream, right? Like just sure. sort of soft foods. And, yeah. and so Mr. Beast is is sort of headed towards a kind of soft baby kind of content. Yeah. Look, baby, I gave the dog a biscuit. Like that's kind of the end game here. It is, and you know, I'm I'm not gonna sit. Let me let me be realistic here. Kid, my I have a ten year old boy. Yeah, I tried to sit him down on like Ken Burns Jazz. <laughs> now I gotta tell you, part docu series. Ha- having young children both gives you tremendous faith in humanity and challenges it very profoundly. All at once. Yeah. Right. You're like, oh, you know, you like that one song. You enjoyed Take Five by Dave Brubeck. Maybe yeah. you'll like this documentary about jazz. Yeah. How did that go? Look. <laughs> I, my parents didn't pay attention to me when I got home from school. No. I had no activities. I had like nothing going on. No jujitsu, no soccer, no nothing. Yeah. I would sometimes be allowed to leave the house and play stickball. I grew up in Brooklyn. Yeah. But other than that, they paid no attention. Most of the time, I watch TV. And sure. when I watch TV, I watch Tom and Jerry. Sure. A lot. Like yeah. hours of it. Like just- Cat. And I didn't, la- I didn't smile or laugh. No. I'd seen them all within the first six no, months. You know, you know, a nice moment in your life is when it would get dark outside and your face would be illuminated blue as you sat there alone in America watching Tom and Jerry. Exactly. Yeah. So, Some bleak you know, stuff. Man. It's not like I was watching, you know, History Channel. Like, I wasn't no. doing that either. I do think there's something different. Going you were a nerdy kid. You were interested in the computer. You got there. Before, this is this is like I'm in my like eight or nine years old. I'm talking. Oh, yeah. It's a, sure. it's a disaster, right? And so you could blame my mom. And I'm trying to be like open-minded about this and, and you know, not be the old man who's like, well, in my day, we used to read a book, right? I, yeah. I don't want to be that. And so I'm thinking back and I'm thinking I used to just veg out. Like I used to just sit there and watch that stupid cartoon. I'd get my homework done. She's like, you can watch TV now. And then she would just essentially dole out secondhand smoke yeah, she'd while I'm watching Smoke Tom and, and talk on the telephone. Those yeah, are the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was motherhood. That was motherhood. In, in, in every so often she'd put the receiver to her neck and go, lower it. Yeah. She'd get and, back. And as she said that, a, a like puff the magic dragon level of smoke would pour out of her body. <laughs> so I'm thinking about that and yeah. I'm thinking about today and how aggressive we are with this stuff. And I think I, I do see into some important differences and I want to highlight. Um, the local television station was buying blocks of Tom and Jerry because it was cheap to put them on the air before the news kicked in at six o'clock. Six o'clock news, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, what? A terrible killing in Bay Ridge and also traffic on the one. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All of that. Now, what you have today, right, is two important things that have changed. One is the instrumentation around what success looks like is much finer grained and 
apps like you don't get credit for a YouTube view unless a certain amount of it has been watched. Hey, Rich, twelve people in Germany think you're the tops. Exactly. Yeah. So the the sort of micro analysis and the and and the metrics you can pull off of this stuff has incented people to just continue to refine the the, the work so that it's not about a creative work. Look, there were orchestras. I'm gonna I'm gonna vouch for Tom and Jerry for one second. Yeah. An entire orchestra. There was no sound effects. It was like the big the guy who held the big cymbals would like smash him together whenever Jerry hit his face. You know what it is though too though the the creative cycle and the loop was much longer, right? So you had to make a whole cartoon. I'm Woody Woodpecker, right? You have to conceive of the woodpecker. You have to figure out what the woodpecker is going to look like. It took months. People love that woodpecker, and every it still takes months every time you want that woodpecker to do something. Yeah. Okay? Big hit goes for years. Woody Woodpecker, etc. Mr. Beast is able to know in minutes how things like I'm sure at this stage in his career because I can do this. I, if something goes out into the internet instantly, and you see the feedback on Twitter, and you kind of know like in a minute if you have a hit on your hand or not. Yeah, you're just really. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that one's not going to go. Was, yeah, and yeah. and so like what I what I see with Mr. Beast though, there is no point. Mr. Beast can only Mr. Beast it up. Like, yeah, I mean, he could turn to the camera and be like, really, why are we making No one will care, right? Like, he's created- Nobody cares. He's just a machine for creating certain sensations in humans. That's and right. he's able to profit vastly as a result. Yeah, and I've said before- But it, but it, going back to the Tom and Jerry point, we went back point. We're on a cycle of days, hours, minutes- you know, you yes. can you get the reaction very, very quickly. Tom and Jerry, man, they put that out and people would be like, ah, you know, that one where the cat fell off the kitchen table? That was good stuff, Mike. Well, I mean, it's 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 more than that. It's it's actually stuff from the fifties and sixties, because it's cheaper to just buy syndication of old stuff. Yeah. It's very expensive to the local station's not gonna produce new cartoons. It is a shame though that local TV produced shows went away from the world. They were the ones that would get through. Oh, it was amazing. You know, like right. Captain Tommy Space Cadets and just all that good stuff. Anyway. And there was another character. There's another distinction I would make, which is that when Tom and Jerry ended, it ended. And then something else came on. Um, yeah. Uh, by giving the kids to the, the power to, on demand, just eat gobs of this stuff, um, I think, I think that kind of control that early. Uh, what well, here's? Let me put it differently. I'm as guilty as anyone else. If I've got like an extra thirty seconds waiting for the bus, I'll eat a snack of dumb shit. Yeah, you know, you know, our society is failing. People take the bat the phone to the bathroom when they pee. I'm really good at it. Man. It used to be like it used to be like mm, I'm gonna take it in. There. I got I got about five minutes to go. But yeah. no, it's like I gotta I I have to get like urine exactly, out of my body. Exactly. But I don't want to miss a moment. I'm gonna watch a YouTube video. We've made this point before, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, we've pretty much have like five points, so I wouldn't worry about it. No, fine. Uh, no, but uh, I, I guess I guess. Here's, I like a long song. A uh, song like American that like, Pie by Don no, McLean. No, that's classic. not a good song. I don't like that song. A long, long time ago. But I like a song that you kind of have to put the work in 
and then when it culminates and it starts to come together and like oh, out like, of like, like off the album tales of the topographic oceans but yes not that either not either of those actually appetite for little snack sized bites of information um i think has put us in a place where you, you know all the algorithms and they're manipulating our children it's just us it's us we have a- any waking moment we can we can duck out and take a little bite of something and be, watch a be, dog like you know balance a bird on his nose like and that's my, that. my pin tweet on twitter which i have never received any feedback for uh-huh um for those who don't know because they have a life you can put one tweet at the top twitter account and it says we did this to ourselves that's it that's the name of this podcast and that is it is an unforgivable sentiment in right now to say hey i think actually this might just be humans uh rather than mark you know and people think mark zuckerberg or, or well it's tricky with elon musk because he does seem to actually have a paranoid desire to squash most liberal thought, but I don't think Zuckerberg does. And, uh, and, and so like we're living in this world where we get really, really paranoid and so on. But I actually think most things like there needs to be a corollary to Occam's razor, which is the general triviality and chimp like behavior of aggregate humans explains most internet things. Exactly. I mean, I, I, I think, I think our, desire for sort of that immediate gratification and the tech is getting better and better at sure. it. Um, we'll take it. I was like, yeah, wait, what? I can tap three places on my phone and then chicken pad thai shows up? I mean, of course. That sounds excellent. I remember you explaining to me for a while why you were never going to make another phone call to deliver food again. And I was like, oh, come on, man, get over yourself. When's the last time you spoke to anyone? <laughs> it's been a while. Like beyond this podcast. <laughs> this is like four years ago. And you're in like, terms of this, why would I ever call another restaurant when I can hit some buttons? And now I'm like, yeah, no, no one would ever. I'd rather go pick it up. I'd rather go get it. It's reached that point. Yeah. All right. So there's a thing going on now. We're talking about this, but the reason we, the, what sparked this conversation actually was there's an article in thepublishpress.com, which is a newspaper. I know, sounds, I know. It's a newspaper. Or a pub- sounds really great. <laughs> it's specifically for creator, creator economy types. Okay. Everybody gets their own newspaper in 2023. It's fair. Yes. And so they wrote a big article uh, or a big series of articles called The New Wave, The Next Generation of Creators. This part's hard. Fighting for the soul of YouTube. First of all, the soul of YouTube, as far as I can tell, is a database that tracks how many times somebody clicks like like on a on a picture of a it's cat. It's just one big thumb. Yeah. But anyway. Inside the but soul. let's. Okay. Well, you, you read up on this. You point. You shared it with me yesterday. What? Why? Well, I think this is, so they're all very young and there's, you know, they go to creator camp, which I'm not quite sure where it is, but all the pictures show it's very snowy and you're in a lodge. Okay. And you're like, you're 22 and you have 10,000 followers. And I, I think, um, there's, first of all, there's always an aesthetic counter movement. There was Dogma 95 in 1995 where it was like, we're going to make really, really boring movies that are badly lit and a number of films that nobody can remember came out of that. And, um, and, and so sort of like, uh, there's always an aesthetic movement and it's always, you know, it tends to be the young folks, the people under 
the people who are under like 30 yeah going no nah, the hell with it man it's pointless anyway like they're looking at mr beast and they're going i have a medium that i can use to express any human emotion i can share stories from my life mm-hmm. i can do, be simple i can be low budget and i can be interesting under those constraints rather than constantly chasing this sort of algorithmic like i'm going to give away more and more money and put a big picture in my face with letters and, and words on the screen on the thumbnail like okay i now I'm understanding it. And this is reminding me of a conversation that we had, you and I had with a mutual friend of ours who's a musician. Oh yeah, sure. And what the tension you're talking about is the difference between the eternal sin of an artist, which is I'm going to make something that everyone is going to find to be delicious. It won't actually be how I feel or a real creative expression of my own, my true self, but boy, will they find it to be delicious. It's true. The true artist is a, is the chef who, when you go because he is known for his, his fried chicken, gives you a brick. Yeah. You're like, well, I guess I'm going to eat it because he made it. Yes. And then your teeth fall out and you're like, well, he really is an artist. That's what we're talking about. What yeah. Mr. Beast is saying, and you can't fault him for it, is like, I studied it and I optimized for it. And uh, who cares where I grew up or what I'm about well, or what the, my creative expression is? It's don't play, don't hate the, the player, hate the game. Right? Like I am an entertainer. Gonna, yeah. I am here to entertain you. Yep. And I am going to give you the best show you've ever seen. That's right. This is about you. Vaudeville. Not about me. Vaudeville. About Just here we go. Go to the other extreme, right? And you have. Johnny Greenwood leaving Radiohead to make like a found sound album with like a this this like musicians in India. You know who else is weird? John Frusciante or Frusciante from from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Amazing guitarist. I I hate the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think they're he's a really good guitarist, but he's a very good guitarist. I hate him too. But he makes like these weird synth drone albums that are like the last one was almost unlistenable. Yeah, yeah. So the other extreme is. I'm going to express myself. It's kind of good though, too. I just want to say, like, I had to give it to him. What's that? It's kind of a. um, I mean, fine. Look, the holy grail is when you could tell it's an absolutely pure, distilled expression of 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 someone's creative soul, but also resonates with a lot of people. See, I don't buy it. Okay, explain. I just don't buy. I, I I feel that all of this conversation ends up being. People are looking for where their power and control is under this giant system. And they're going to assert it. And then they're going to create a little community. And the community is going to meet up. And they're going to say, aren't we a good community? And then one of them is going to get an offer to make something for five times as much money. Well, it's the eternal tension, right? Which and is then like- they, it's, like an, it's like a mothership comes over and sucks them up like a cow out of a field. Just, I mean, you know, I mean, what's the holy grail? The holy grail is I express myself. And you pay me a lot of money because it turns out a lot of people want to hear my self-expression. My expression, which has nothing to do with metrics and whether it resonates or if it's pop, it has, has enough pop hooks, it just turns out that when I express myself, many, many people want to listen. But the hilarious too, like a, a good example would be like Boy Genius. Everybody loves Boy Genius, which is Phoebe Bridgers and a couple other people. I'm not a fan. You're not a fan. Yeah. But for the people who love Boy Genius, it is the greatest thing that has ever happened in the history of humanity. 
Christ came, Christ was born and boy genius arrived. They they are they are projecting authenticity. Yeah. Not selling out, but also have put out like a pop album effectively, but, an accessible piece of music. But meanwhile, you wanna know who's way better than Boy Genius? Who? Perfume Genius. Perfume Genius. Yeah, frankly, I'm I'm with you on that. But yeah. The people who uh, love Boy Genius think think they're the greatest, and the people who don't love Boy Genius kind of don't say too much right now online because they don't want to get punched in the eye. But like most of the world doesn't care about Boy Genius, right? Yeah. And a lot of people think Boy Genius is just just about full of it. And so like this, you but you, but that's you're, people. That's I know people you're able to can... construct this tiny little world, and you yeah. get to live in it, and you get to say like I am affiliated with the with the true art of the world. Meanwhile, the rest of the world's going on. Yeah. And saying like, I don't care about that at all, man. The hell with that. Yeah. That's nonsense. Yeah. What I care about are these songs about chess where people perform them dressed as dogs. That's the real art. That's real art. Yeah. Over and over. And and it's very hard when you're in those scenes, because I've been in some of them, it's incredibly hard to see that it's a scene. What you think is you've created a revolutionary pattern for improving the world, and it will always get co-opted once more humans get involved. Not because of capitalism. Capitalism is the symptom of humans. Okay. That we are the disease. And so, like, as I look at these creators, I'm like, that is great. You guys are going to make some good stuff. I hope there's more good stuff to watch that's kind of more slow and more thoughtful because right now, Mr. Beast is unwatchable to me. It's like having saccharin poured directly into my eyeballs and I can't close them. Yeah. Right? And so I'm like, all right, good. If you want to use YouTube as a, as a communications platform and, and you know, really, like, take take advantage of this platform to create something that's art. Good for you. That is great. And then it kind of stops for me because I'm like, there'll be another one three years from now. Yeah. I mean, they have to be okay. If you're going to keep score by views or money, yeah, you're going to lose. Well, that's that's what's fascinating about this article, right? So they're fully into this. It's the creator economy. They're thinking they're going to like, they're going to take over. When you scroll down, it's all analy- analytics about this new wave. And it- why? <laughs> because that's how they see the world. Yeah, that's the issue, right? Is you're keeping score that way. And that's the big challenge. Making here. things without keeping score is essentially, appears to be impossible because no one, I mean, people are, it's too scary. Like to just go away for a couple of years and work on something and come back and say, I don't know, I hope you like it. Yeah. That's like something artists used to do in the 60s. We don't have that culture anymore as far as I can tell. We don't. We don't. And I think that that to me is the loss. Like if you wanted to like, What's the cultural problem that I would love to see solved? It's that people can't go away for two years and work on something weird. They can't. And when we do stumble on something that seems like sufficiently unique and original because it's a creative work, but also happens to resonate with a lot of people, that's a special thing. That's like a really, really special thing. Every so often, someone, usually it's because of constraints, is like a truest form of expression comes out through like just really, really tough constraints. So there's like a filmmaker named Sean Baker who spent a hundred grand because he didn't have more than that, probably, not because he felt like only spent, you know, spending a max of a hundred grand, made a movie on with with phones um, uh, and it's called Tangerine. And now he's like a big time filmmaker. He's a bigger filmmaker. Oh, Tangerine is great. Tangerine's a great movie, yeah. but you know he had no aspirations of having that open a film festival, right? Like he just put this thing out, and it took. And and it's part of the reason it takes is, and this is what 
humans do. When they see something like that is pure and truly authentic, they appropriate it almost instantly and say, I've, I've sh- you have to see the cool thing that you don't know about yet. You actually were like, you have to watch Tangerine. It's an amazing movie. I said this to you. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and it's a beautiful movie. Because yeah. there's, a, it's also, it's two reasons. One is like a beautiful movie and the other is there's like a scene where there's a guy from the Middle East and he, they like, Everybody walks in on his family and you're like, this is my family. Like I've never- It was just incredibly real and (laughs) authentic. You've never seen your family like represented quite that well. Exactly. And and so- Every so often you strike lightning, right? Like and, and it's just I, a, it's a beautiful moment because you can tell you can tell that's the end of the creative purity for that artist. Like I could tell that this was gonna be his last yeah, movie. Yeah, he's not gonna make another one with an iPhone. He's not gonna make another one with an iPhone. Although he's you made know other funny, good movies. Every now and then, like someone Steven Soderbergh will do that. He'll be like, I'm making a movie with an iPhone. Roll me around in a rolly chair. Yeah, exactly. And and that's cool. And, you know, like I mentioned Johnny Greenwood before. He does a similar here, thing where he looks for those constraints. I'm going to tell you something here. Okay, let's... It's not that one has constraints and one doesn't. I can turn this into advice. I can make this into Ziadi Ford Advisors. You ready? Go. The choice that you make isn't what crew you're going to be in or what manifesto you're going to sign. It's what constraint system you choose. Mr. Beast chose SEO and YouTube algorithmic rules. That's how he keeps score. That's his creative That's his creative constraint system. I don't think, does he view himself as creative? Of course he does. He is creative. Okay. He does creative work within the constraints of that system, yeah. except that that is a constraint system that has rewards built in. And so it gets into a whole nother stratosphere. The uh, the other folk, and and when you pick a constraint system, you are kind of picking a community to belong to. Mm -hmm. There's certain things that, certain constraint systems align with communities. So Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to make sort of more pure and wholesome YouTube videos that are low budget and more thoughtful. Well, I'm going to align with these kind of people. Yeah. And I'm going to do that. You may not realize this, but whenever you sit down to create something, software, writing something, whatever you do, any creative act at all, even ones that people don't even think of necessarily as creative, you're working backwards from a constraint system. Most of the time, you're not picking it. You're saying mm-hmm. like, I want to write a sci-fi novel. You're mm-hmm. not saying like, I'm, yeah. you're not looking where the boundaries are. You're not saying like, I'm going to write a really good proposal, mm. right? That picking your constraints wisely is the best thing you can do Probably the healthiest thing you can do. To further your own goals. And so you need to look at people who work within constraints who are doing things that you think are interesting. Choose those constraints and get going. Fortunately, the the overarching constraint is money. Like, can I do this? Can I express myself and make a living? Then find people who are making just enough money who are doing work you think is interesting. Yeah. Like, I do feel that this is people tend to optimize for like, I think that's interesting they were able to be really successful with that in like 1978 and therefore I'm going to do it too. And it's yeah. like, no, all the rules have changed and the system yeah, yeah. isn't there and so on. So, so that, but that's, that's my advice. That's good advice. That's a, that's a good closer. Right all right. There. All right. We're closing. We're, yeah. Are we done? We're done. Oh my God. This was a meaty one. All right. So I, you know what? We have a sponsor. The sponsor is aboard, aboard.com. It's a mm-hmm. website that lets you collect anything, organize it right there in your web browser. And uh, then you can collaborate with other people. I use it to collaborate with Richard. Sign up for the beta, aboard.com. Check it out. And uh, this is Ziadi Ford. Check out at Ziadi Ford on Twitter or send us an email at hello at ZiadiFord.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. Have a lovely week. Bye.